Russians perfect time travel and use it with horrible results. And then we take a look at an interesting theory being proposed by one of the internet's most popular characters. Are we on the verge of a dimensional merge between the real and the fictional? According to Chris Chan, we are today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. A while back, I mentioned a Minecraft server that may be available for people who support the show via Patreon. It Actually, we've been beta testing it for about the past week. Everything seems to be going great. So I want to give a thanks to Burr, Burrito, two different people, Cantillians, Earbardo, Gorgonzola, Henshi... Henshin Key, the King DJA, and the Veil Yard. They've all been just hanging out on the Minecraft server building stuff. So I'm announcing it now. If you support the Patreon at any level, you can play on the Minecraft server with us. It's actually a lot of fun. It's just we're in the middle of this wilderness. We have a couple houses being built slowly. So if you support the Patreon at any level, I can uh, you'll get the IP for the Minecraft server, and then I have to whitelist you, and that's to prevent trolling. And I'm going to say this too, guys. If we can behave ourselves on the Minecraft server over a period of time, I will look into reopening a Discord as well. But but baby steps. I can much more control activity on a Minecraft server, I believe. It's pretty grief-proof right now. But if, if, I can, if we can keep this going for a while without any craziness, and my craziness threshold is quite high, but... If we can keep this going without any craziness, then we will look at reopening a Discord server as well. But if you want to support the show via Patreon, that's great. Any level, you can get access to the Patreon, and I can whitelist you, and then you will be able to play on the Minecraft server. Let's go ahead and jump in to our first story for today. And our first story is a sequel to yesterday's story. However, if you missed yesterday's story, not a big deal, because the yesterday's story kind of talked about one character involved in this, and now we're going on to another one. So if you missed yesterday's episode, don't worry about it. It's a good episode, though. I recommend checking it out. We're headed to Russia. We're headed back to Russia. We're going to take the Dead Rabbit Rowboat. we got to get a workout. We've just been sitting playing Minecraft all week. My thumbs and my fingers work, but everything else is atrophied. So let's get in the Dead Rabbit Rowboat. I will row. I will row. You can kick back this time. Sip some margaritas. As I row us across the ocean, I need to work out more than you do. We're going back to the year 2001. And actually, before we go back to the year 2001, we're going to row the rabbit rowboat to Russia, and we're going to visit the news offices of Pravda. Now, Pravda is a Russian news agency, and I'm going to put the word news in quotes, and I'm going to put the word agency in looking side to side nervously. (laughs) A couple episodes ago, I talked about Taz News Agency. They're the ones who talked about the aliens walking around the park and everything like that. And they're a fairly reputable major news organization. Pravda is a news agency. Again, quotes and side to side look. Because while they do report the news, they make stuff up a lot too. And it's really hard to tell the difference. I learned my lesson back like in the early 2000s, that when you read something on Pravda, it probably was fabricated. But you never know, right? You never know. Now, I went, so we're walking around the Pravda offices, and they have just, like, photos of Bigfoot that you actually see them photoshopping Boris Shelton, like, taking a shot at them. But then they also have photos of just, like, 
actual news events. They have photos of the Islamic State, like, taking over parts of the Middle East. So, very, very bizarre place for us to visit. Almost imagine if Mad Magazine and New York Times merged into one office, we have Pravda. To go a little bit of where we're headed, I'm on the Pravda website when I was researching this, and, you know, you have little, like, links, little, little links all over the place, and one of them was anomalous phenomenon. So I'm reading this article about time travel, and it, had a, it was in the subject of anomalous phenomenon. I know you guys are, I know you guys are impressed I can pronounce that word. And I click on it because I go, oh, there's maybe more interesting articles that Pravda has written about anomalous phenomenon. I click on it. The first article that pops up on the, dang it, the first article that pops up on the anomalous phenomenon page, no joke, as of doing this, this is the first article that pops up, commemoration of International Women's Day. So either they think International Women's Day is anomalous phenomenon, it ranks up there with time travel and UFOs, or they don't know the definition of the word anomalous. But it's there, and if you guys don't believe me, you click, you can follow the links, you can click on it, and it will pop up. And if it's still not the first story, it'll be somewhere there on the first page. But anyway, so that's kind of the, <laughs> the, the people we're dealing with here. Sorry, Pravda. Actually, no, I'm not apologizing. You're the one who made the website. You're the one who has this reputation. The year is 2001, and we are going to meet a man named Vadim Cherbobarov. Vadim Cherbobarov. Now, in yesterday's story, he met a time traveler, Eugene Gayduck, from the future, and then he said, Vadim, you're going to be instrumental in building this time machine. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And Gayduck's like, well, it's because it happens in the future, dude. Like, you haven't done it yet. And Vadim's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Makes sense. So now we're going to follow the supposed adventures of Vadim. He is a real person. He's done a lot of writing on, like, an anomalous phenomenon. He's kind of like a UFO dude in Russia. But he's also been linked to these time travel writings and these particular time travel experiments. The year's 2001. Vadim's hanging out with his scientist dudes. And he's like, hey, you know what, guys? We... Me, you. Yeah, you over there. Yeah, you. Hey, put the coffee down. No, nah, no, nah, you can hold it. It doesn't matter. But you, too. We're going to build a time machine. And everyone's like, yay. And so they build the time machine. Now, it's really interesting that they go simply from the concept to actually creating it. But they had to not tell people they were building a time machine because they figured it would fall into the wrong hands, which makes sense. This is a quote from Pravda. This exact phrase is from Pravda. Apparently, they were working at a place called the Moscow Aircraft University. So it's basically like, I wouldn't mind going there planes walking into classrooms all the classes are held in giant hangars you have to fly in there and there's that joke was stupid anyways it's called moscow aircraft university no jokes this is the funny part (laughs) i don't have to make this joke this is the funny part this was the quote in the pravda article when asked what the scientists were building here's this quote quote to keep the machine secret we marked it as a beaver rat trap now here's the thing I'm walking through Moscow Aircraft University, and I see a weird-looking device in the corner of the room. And I go, hey, what's that? And some guy goes, ah, that's just a beaver rat trap. That's going to make me more curious to, one, find out what a beaver rat is, two, how it works, and three, are there any beaver rats in it? Like, that would make that would make you more suspicious. Hey, man, what's that over there? Oh, pff, that's just a cotton candy machine. What? Oh, dude, let's go get some cotton candy. No, 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 you're going to go back in time. Like, don't name it something intriguing. Just say, oh, that's like a cardboard box disassembler. Be like, yeah, it's lame. 
where's your cotton candy machine? They're like, oh, that's across campus. I'm like, yay, (laughs) running through Moscow Aircraft University. So it's a beaver rat trap is what they're calling it. But this machine works. We're going to assume everything Prophet has said is true for for the duration of this narrative, okay? The machine, the beaver rat trap slash time travel device works. It actually works. Vadim and the scientists get it to work. It's not a beaver rat trap. They announce it. This time machine 100% works, but it has a very, very interesting flaw to it. It moves you through time, but it only moves parts of your body through different parts of time. So they start off, first off, they're going to test it, right? They don't use it on a beaver rat. They get some cockroaches. They put the cockroaches in it. Turn it on. All the cockroaches are dead. They're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Let's see what killed them. Start doing little dissections to peel the top of the shell off. Doogie Howser music is playing while they're poking it with little metal. What they figure, not metal, they're using like medical tools. (laughs) What I'm saying, they're not using shards of steel. What it is, is that like their eyeballs went 100 years into the future. So their eyeballs would have aged 100 years while the, I don't know if cockroaches have livers, but for the sake of this, they do. Their livers go back in time 30 years and their tummy goes forward in time 10 seconds, stuff like that. So it teleports parts of you into the future. Parts of you get older or younger as if they were going back in time. Then they go, let's fix this machine. Because we have something here. We have a cockroach with 100-year-old eyes, 30-second-old stomach, and a liver 30 years ago. So they go, fix it, fixing it. And then they go, it's all fixed. Let's throw some mice in it. Throw mice in it. Open it up. All the mice are dead. And it's the same thing. Body parts of the mice are aging at different rates. Now, you're saying that's technically not time travel. Like, time travel is traveling in time. But their or- <laughs> their organs are traveling in time. <laughs> but they're, like, still... It's not like their lung disappeared. Just they had, had a lung as if they had lived 30 years. So, they're on to something. You gotta give them that, right? They're on to something. So, all the mice are dead. And they're like, oh, great. So, we'll fix it. Now, here's the thing. This is what I don't understand. So you but kill a bunch of cockroaches and you fix it. Wouldn't you test it on more cockroaches just to see if you got the fix right instead of moving up to mice? So the mice die. You know where this is going. The mice die. They fix it and they go, we need to test it again. And they go, do we have any more mice? And they're like, yeah, we already did mice. Let's get a puppy. Now, don't freak out yet. Don't freak out yet. Okay. They get this puppy named this. They get a puppy named Lunar Rover. Which makes me think in space there's a puppy called Time Travel Machine. But this puppy named Lunar Rover is put into a time travel machine. They open the door. The puppy is alive. Little Lunar is alive. But suffered such massive brain damage. It starts attacking him. Like it has rabies. And they're like, well, back to the drawing board. And they have to, now they have a rabies-infected dog running around their laboratory. Or Labradori. Okay, so, anyways. Brain-damaged dog. That's, that's, I guess there's really not a joke. I tried forcing one in there. Okay, so anyway, so you've done that. You killed a bunch of cockroaches. You killed a bunch of mice. You gave a dog uh, time rabies through the portal of time. Fixed the machine. What's next, man? Vadim and eight of his buddies 
crawl into the time machine. They're all huddled close together. I imagine, I always imagined this thing was quite small, but if you could, if it could fit eight dudes, I mean, that's like, that's like a lot of dudes to fit into an enclosed area. So he, they're all, get in there. Why are you still drinking your coffee? Put that down, man. You've been drinking that this whole time. And they're all squeezed in there. And then they realize, oh, wait, someone has to stand outside and turn it on. I don't know how they figured that out. They probably had the lame scientist outside. He's like, I want to time travel, too. They're like, yeah, yeah, you can do it next time, dork. Hit the button. Shut the door on him. So anyways, they hit the button. They get out. Totally fine. No one has rabies. No one's biting each other unless he's really good at hiding it. He's like, see you guys later. I'm headed home. And he's driving home. He's like, I can't wait to bite everybody at home. But everyone got out and was fine. And what they figured out was that there was a 3% time shift in the device. So I had to look this up. 3% of an hour is like 1.5 seconds. or so. And then my math could be wrong on that. Or Pravda's math could be wrong on that. But apparently, from the time they got into the machine to the time that eight men got out of the machine... There was an additional 1.5 second had elapsed in the machine that didn't happen outside the machine. So they traveled 1.5 seconds into the future. And they're like, yay, success, yay, yay. Cockroach is like, where's my parade? Where's the parade for my people who died? Shaking his little fist at them. But the humans don't acknowledge him. They're like, yay, we perfected time travel. There was also a weird, you know, with Pravda, you're going to have translation errors as well. Even though it is on the English website, there's still some bizarre stuff on there. It said there was changes in the machine size. So I don't know if it got bigger, if it transmuted in some sort. But anyways, they didn't feel anything except for, quote, moderate arrhythmia. So that means their heart their heart rate increased. And this colored circles in their eyes. So it's not like they all came out with backs under their eyes. They're like, oh, what happened? Like it took a 1.5 second nap. It means that, like, they had, like, little cool-looking anime eyes for a while. They might still, I don't know, assuming, again, this story has any truth to it. So, Vadim and his buddies did build a time machine like Gayduck had had predicted. But that's actually when people started looking into what Vadim had done. It turns out that that's only the tip of the iceberg. There were time machines built in Russia long before Vadim. But they had the unfortunate problem of being invented underneath Joseph Stalin, one of the world's most brutal dictators. In 1952, Russia... Stalin was dead by now, but his... I think he was dead by now. It doesn't matter. Stalin's shadow loomed long over giant chunks of the Soviet Union. It was not a desirable place to be building time machines in. Because here's the thing. Like, in the West, you build a time machine, people go... Would you kill Hitler? Would you go back and kill Hitler? Like, that's kind of the go-to question with Time Machine. In the Soviet Union, they're like, ah, Hitler's dead. We have our own, this horrible dictator here, and his horrible apparatus he set up. If I could build a time machine, I wouldn't kill Hitler. I'd go back in time and stop the rise of the Soviet Union. And so don't, you can't build those time machines in the Soviet Union. Like, you just couldn't do that, right? You couldn't build... Any any dictator worth their salt would try to stop time travel because everything already works for them. They're the dictator. They're in charge. They don't really need to go back in time and make themselves more of a dictator. So anyone in a communist-controlled country, there will be no time travel because people will immediately go, let's go back in time and make it so I don't have to work in the wheat fields. 
So anyways, bad time to be a time travel scientist, 1952, Russia. And here's why. According to Pravda, there were some signs. This all came out of uh, secret documents that got found, apparently. Probably just a writer, sci-fi writer made them up. But again, according to Pravda, these secret documents were uncovered after the fall of the Soviet Union. There were these scientists working on a time machine, and they're like, oh, oh, we got this. Like, this might actually work. <laughs> Dead cockroaches everywhere. We might be onto something. KGB comes into the laboratory, arrests everyone, executes 18 college professors. I, I believe that detail, Pravda. KGB executes 18 college professors and 59 other, like, students and, and professor colleagues and stuff like that. Substitutes who just, it wasn't, it was just their day. Someone else called in sick, sent to work camps, and all of the machinery was destroyed. But later, the program gets started back up. And this time it gets started back up with government supervision because we're in the year 1961. And they're like, well, you know, we're kind of losing the space race. Maybe we can win the time travel race. But looking at all the professors, all the scientists, no killing Stalin. No, no reversing the Soviet Union. And they're like, yes, sir. Everyone has their fingers crossed. Build a time machine. And they get some of the best Russian time travel experts in the country. All eight of them. Because there's only eight of them at the time. The eight leading time travel researchers are working, building this machine. And then one day, people go to work. Like, everyone goes home. Buy eight leading researchers. I'm just the guy who, like, mops the floor. And they're like, see you later. He goes home. Comes back the next day. Building is demolished. The building they're in was demolished, and all of the researchers are gone. And so people go, oh, well, the Stal- oh, Stalin's up to his little tricks again. Good thing I went home early that day. But the idea is the time travel machine may have banished them all away. Building gets destroyed. But again, if this story's true, it's most likely the KGB just came in, shot everybody. Now we're jumping up to the year 1987. So we're near the end of the Soviet Union. Things were pretty good. Gorbachev's in charge. Everyone's still afraid nukes are going to fall everywhere, but it's not as bad as back then. And the program gets started back up, which makes sense because if the Soviet Union knew that things weren't going well for them. They're like, if only we had some way of reversing time. Again, no killing Stalin, but if we could go back in time and maybe get a better version of the Cuban Missile Crisis, or we could get more land in Germany or something like that, we could be in a better position. So you can start building this time machine again. Scientists were like, yes, start building the time machine in 1987. August 30th, 1989. There was a massive explosion on the Anjou Islands. This is where this laboratory was, where they were working on this new time machine. The time machine was like 760 tons. It was this massive device, completely gone, as well as two square kilometers of the island that it was situated on. Just a massive explosion just ripped through the island. Don't try looking that up on Wikipedia. It didn't happen. But anyways, that would be a trip if that actually happened. But I would bet dollars to donuts it didn't happen. But anyways, and again, we're back in the fictional universe. The Russian scientists are like, what happened? All my stuff was there. I left my lunchbox there that day. Oh, no, it's gone. And the working theory is that the time travel device opened up a portal in time. This is hilarious. This is the perfect way to end this story. I know this has been a long one, but the portal, the device is so funny. Okay, you finally get a working time machine built. KGB is not assassinating you anymore. 
It's not killing cockroaches. You build a time machine, and and this scientifically makes sense. A time machine, if it disappeared from our time and went into another time, there is a brief period where there is a doorway open between the two points in time, right? So it's not like you blink out of existence. I mean, this is all theoretical, but you blink out of existence and you peer in their timeline. It would be the same thing when I open a door and leave my living room into my bedroom. And no matter how fast I shut that door, it could be a millisecond. I can't pass through it without something being opened there. The working theory is this. They got a time machine to work. They teleported it. (laughs) This is so funny. You, You build a time machine. It's your life's work. You activate it. You go to the, this is the theory, You they went to a precise point where a meteorite <laughs> struck Earth. And so when the time travel, I, they, I guess if you're going to the future, you don't really know, but the time travel machine opens up a portal right when a giant asteroid was hitting the planet. And what happened was the time machine did go into the future, but the asteroid, the impact of the all that energy smashed into our reality and destroyed these islands. I should look up and see if there's ever an explosion there. Hold on a second. So, I just spent about five minutes looking up. The only reference I could find, and this is kind of what I figured, the only reference I could find to a massive explosion on those islands is basically either from, copy-pasted from the article involving this story, or it involves a time travel story in another way. So, I, I don't think it happened. I looked around a bit. Watch out, because I was I went to a web, the first website I went to defeated my ad blocker, and it was a bunch of pop-ups. That's honestly what took me so long. But it was just a second, because I edited it like time travel. And let's finish this story off like this. And actually, we're going to finish off the episode like this. I've run out of time to talk about the dimensional merge. I apologize. We'll talk about that tomorrow. This is, We're going to end the time travel story like this. Massive explosion hits the Anju Islands. Time travel machine is gone. And people are like, all that hard work. And all we got was two kilometers of decimation. And we lost some of our leading scientists. Will we ever know what actually happened? And then, beep, 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 They start getting a message. And they're like, hurry up, Johnny, pick up that radio handheld set thing. Because it's 1987 and we don't have, like, stuff that Jason can identify. It's just a telephone sitting on top of a computer. They pick it up. Hello? And then they get this transmission from the scientists in the time pod. So that these are the exact quotes. This is exact quote that came from these fictional scientists who traveled into the future. We are dying, but keep on conducting the experiment. It is very dark here. We see all objects become double. Our hands and legs are transparent. We, we can see veins and bones through the skin. The oxygen supply will be enough for 43 hours. The life support system is seriously damaged. Our best regards to the families and friends. Transmission just cuts. Time travel is immensely dangerous. But all travel is. When we first started going across the oceans, very, very dangerous. Traveling into space, very, very dangerous. It's funny because a lot of time traveling into space on a scale is as dangerous as traveling across the ocean. It seems it takes more energy to do it. But it's it's around the same level. 
And it's easy for us to now go, oh man, you know, space travel's so spooky. Like you're getting up there and you can get lost in the middle of nowhere. And if something happens, you're just kind of boned for six months. And then you hop on a carnival cruise and just go, hey, party down doing the Macarena. We can perfect or we can make space travel faster and safer like we have made sea travel. And sea travel is still dangerous, but we can make it faster and safer and cheaper to the point where in 100 years you'll have people with private spaceships flying around the moon. Time travel is one of those things, though, that if we ever do get the hang of it, and I do think it's possible, but that's a whole other, like, that's a long discussion about what actually time travel is. But the idea of traditional time travel, of being able to go back into the past, if that is possible, it's not only dangerous for the travelers themselves, getting stuck in time, machines breaking down, dematerializing. It's the only form of travel that's dangerous to everybody else as well. If a boat sinks, the people on the boat are having a bad day. If a boat is carrying some sort of oil, some sort of noxious chemical, radiation stuff (laughs) being shipped somewhere for some reason, sinks, it's a bad deal for a bunch of people in the area, maybe a generation of people. And the same thing with a spacecraft. If it has some sort of nuclear-powered engine and it blows up, the area is going to be irradiated, and maybe for the next 500 years, people aren't going to be able to be in that area. But those type of disasters are very, very, would be very, very hard to come by. Time travel is you hit a button and you jack up the entire time stream. Everything has changed because you were an idiot. I once started writing a story a long time ago, and it was about a group of scientists who built a time box. They could see different periods of time. The first thing they do is, let's see what would happen if Hitler won World War II. It's always an easy question because it was such a pivotal moment in world history. So they look into it. It's not like a cardboard box. It's not like a diorama they're looking into. They're standing inside this encased metal box. They dial in the coordinates. They're doing their sci-fi stuff. I'm not good at writing the technical stuff. It's just magic, basically, but with a science fiction bent. Really is what a lot of science fiction is, except for hard sci-fi. But anyways, they go ahead, they activate the device, and they can see, basically, their location in a different time period. And they can get, like, readouts from other places. So they go, they're, they put in their little thingamajiggers, and the world is a vast wasteland. They're like, oh, that is what we figured. If Hitler had taken over, the world would have collapsed. Let's see now what would happen if Soviet Union had won the Cold War. Fast wasteland. And they're like, USA, USA. But then they go, let's see what would happen if Kennedy hadn't been assassinated. Vast wasteland. And they're like, what is going on? They go, let's see what would happen if the Mets won 10 Super Bowls. <laughs> That's my level of sports stuff. But anyways, they put it in. They're like, Jason, you're an idiot. And he's like, no, no, let's put it in. Mets win 10 Super Bowls. Vast wasteland. And they begin just putting in just minor stuff. And the world is destroyed in every possible other scenario. Then this box they're in is shielding from all the effects of time travel. They end up leaving the box, and they're like, we don't know what to make of that. And once they leave the box, these two time travelers show up. They're like, we're here to deliver the exposition. The time travelers say, there is not a single event in human history that has not been perfectly modified by us in the future. 
everything that you think is free will is actually somebody coming back from the future and having to change it because otherwise the world would be destroyed. Everything that you do is totally corrected by us. And now we have to correct you because this device shouldn't exist. So they kill all the scientists, dismantle the box, make it so the scientists were never born, disappear into the future. If time travel is real, it is being used every single day. And the world around us is a finely tuned machine. Because the people in the future already know the past. And to ensure they have a future, they have to correct our past. Nothing is left up to chance. There is no free will. Everything is polished and perfect for the sake of those in the future. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.